Hur låter du? Hur låter jag? Jag låter så här. När jag det pratar. funkar bra. Ja. Mm. Och du spelar in också? Jag spelar nu in Biden A to Z, innit? Okay. Henrik. Hello, hello, Jonathan. You are Henrik. I am Jonathan. Yes. Last time we did this, in this particular pairing, we talked about some ancient Hammersmith mythology. Yeah, well, that's maybe, true. Maybe not so ancient, but... That's a while ago. Yeah, a yeah. summer ago, or a year ago. Yeah. And mm. this time we have the opportunity to talk a little, well, current affairs. Yeah. So I think we need some orderly questions first. You've seen them twice, right? Yes, I saw the the premiere gig in Ljubljana uh, on the 28th of May, and I also saw the uh, first night in Krakow on in Poland on the 13th of June. Yep, yep. and uh, I shared that second one mm. with you. Uh, well, the first one in Poland, but the second gig yeah. in sequence. Uh, And we met on the plane. That's it. Yeah. It's usually quite hard, actually, to meet up in, in the maiden uh, in the maiden sphere of things. Yeah, people uh, always have their different routines around gigs and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, and they become more and more. Or actually, I, I should ask you: Do they become more and more particular? Because mine kind of do, in terms of how I want to time it, and I don't know. I don't know. We, I, I have a feeling we sort of. I mean, it's me and Matthias and another guy who who usually. Uh, also in Dead Cosmonaut, right? Per yeah, Fransson. Per Fransson, the guitar And he was player. mentioned way back in a very early episode of ours. Uh, Don Svane mentioned him because apparently they have had some, at least talks yeah, of true. collaborations. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's your crew and it was the same crew in Ljubljana, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, we don't really have a routine or anything. It's just that we sit, we get together and have something to eat and maybe go and grab a drink and then go to the gig. So... Yeah, well, I guess that's it's not much more complicated than that. But no, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's deceivingly it's, complicated that simple line. Yeah, of, but know, I mean, it's, where it's, where is the drink? When is the drink? And, yeah, uh, and when where do you like it? to arrive at the venue? Do we want to meet any other people along the way and stuff like that? So that's yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, Gothenburg, I wrecked that. I didn't meet almost any of uh, well the people I was supposed to meet in my in my head at least. Mm. You know, the the ideas I had. And uh, but now uh, I met Anton, who was with us for Passchendaele. Yeah, and uh, he traveled solo, so that was important, right? Mm. Not to leave him alone. No, 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 of course. Uh, yeah. uh, well, if he had wished to be alone, of course. Yeah. But uh, he wanted company, so I was hanging with him and and um, Christian, who's my friend in in metal and life, I guess, since we were twelve. You know, mm. he was the provocateur, bringing heavier stuff, <laughs> and I was uh, the subject to mm. these heavy CDs that he brought forward uh, so to see maiden with him is a bit of a classic in that yeah. sense you know mm. and he's not a musician in the same way he played uh, we had a couple of projects but never like went on stage together or anything so it's nice to have someone that you actually purely listen to music with yeah i think anyway even though it's fun to make music it is i mean it doesn't have to be about the music that in the how should i say in the um, in the more performing sense i mean it can all it can be totally about the vibe and the experience of listening to it and 
Yeah. Of course, so, I, I can't separate the two, but that's me. <laughs> yeah, well, it might be hard for me as well. I guess, you know, the listener could say, because the show clearly is colored quite a bit by that mix, yeah. that same mix that you have. Mm. Uh, but that's our style, you know. There are a few Maiden podcasts out there, so we mm. got to do us. But anyway, when you came down to um, Ljubljana, is that in Croatia or uh, Slovenia? Slovenia. Slovenia. The capital of Slovenia. Yeah. When you came down there... Um, at this stage, was this 30th, 5th gig or something for you? Or? Uh, I, I think Ljubljana was my 30th gig. For, 30th, yeah. Mm. yeah. So a bunch of gigs. Do you yeah. still have any, uh, I don't know, nerves as you go see Maiden? Like, do you feel expectations? Or, yeah, uh, there's always a bit of anticipation when it comes to seeing a, a, a premier gig, you know. So even though there's been rumors and if I would have, you know, put my ear to a certain part of the internet, I'm sure I would have known more or less the, the set list. But I, no, I, pre- I prefer to have it sort of like as a surprise, I guess. So, yeah, I like yeah. that too. I like that too. But I mean, the friend I just mentioned, Christian, he doesn't care about spoilers. Even mm-hmm. when he watches TV series that he loves... He's like, nah, well, the way they make it is interesting and entertaining and exciting to me, even if I know the plot. I'm not really like that. You know, I like, yeah. the, I like to have the lux- luxury of getting surprised, I guess. Mm. Uh, but uh, in this case, well, we'll get to it because it was quite a different experience for me, the two gigs mm. I saw. Uh, yeah, probably yeah, a different experience for the band as well. But, mm. uh, you know, some of it must have been because of my kind of... I had some nerves when I went to... Uh, my first gig was Tampere. Mm. Uh, also the first night out of two. And I think I had built up quite a bit of anticipation. Mm. Because uh, Rare kind of tour, in a sense, they did a combo tour of A Matter of Life and Beast before. Mm. So they have done a sort of fusion tour. But I think it was brief. Sort of at the tail end of uh, the A Matter of Life and Death tour. Yeah, it was the 2007 gigs wasn't it i mean that sounds about right yeah Yeah. so but it still felt like a pretty new concept and they are getting older we'll get to that too i guess Mm. um so i I had some nerves and it happens sometimes when it's an important band when i saw tool i had some like ridiculous worries about maybe someone trips over a cable and (laughs) ruins a great part you know weird things like that come to my head that maybe would be more in line if i was playing Mm. but i don't know it's important to me i guess that's the that's the that's the point in the end and is it important to you or is it just fun and games you know it's it's important and uh well i'm not sure if it's important but i was very surprised if i'm going to go to the Ljubljana gig yeah let's, let's uh, yeah so that's the it, first. i was quite surprised that i've never seen seen maiden seem so under rehearsed in a way it was really, mm. and it was, yes, it, it was not tripping over cables, but it was missing cues. It was, oh, I can't hear the drums and stuff like that. And I don't and know. Could you work out if it was audio issues, if it was a particular band member, if it was I'm, the whole group or even the whole group and crew? Yeah, that were. I'm, I'm pretty sure there was something wrong with the stage sound because Bruce said at one point that this is, this is nothing like it was on the run through. So, and, and he was, <laughs> well, that's he, a good way to put it. Yeah. And, <laughs> a bit of a. And he was actually quite funny f- yeah. f- for Bruce. Yeah, I mean, and he was looking at the guy. Just turn everything up because he didn't hear. I, it was obvious he didn't hear the drums. And I, I've never thought that you wouldn't be able to hear at least some drums on that stage. But apparently, 
right. if there's other stuff going on and the crowd that's cheering, maybe you can't really hear them that good. And I think vice versa as well. I don't think Nico really heard Bruce that well either because Bruce was sort of like rambling on trying to do some kind of introduction and Nico started counting in the song. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, no, it was, there were loads of things like that. And Adrian just messed up the riff in Wasted Years and stuff like that. It's, oh, that's a spoiler, yeah, that's by the way. that's on the internet, but, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not very comfortable to see, actually. No. He looks uh, also a bit angry. I've never seen him throw a, well, not a fit of rage, not, not really. But, no, but just, uh, just... Oh. Halfway there. Yeah. Uh, halfway there, just kind of like dropping the guitar, like, yeah. ah, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm not doing this. It's, this is not working. strange. Yeah. No, it's very mm. weird, and but it must have been a, a general problem with the sound, I guess. Uh, yeah, what I was going to say is also, yeah, it was just a quick point that on bigger stages, yes, I've experienced that it can be hard to hear the drums. And mm. I mean, I've played 99% of my shows on stages similar size to um, the stage I saw you at last time, or smaller, mm. you know, uh, and that's uh, comfortable for me. Yeah. You know, because it's control. You can control it. It's mm. a bit of the rehearsal space, just with some added sub and maybe a little bit more of the live oomph. Mm. Uh, whereas uh, when I played festivals, that's the big stages I've played. It's so strange to listen to the hi-hat in a monitor. Yeah. It's, it's so a, weird. It's a totally <laughs> it different makes no, thing. It doesn't even, almost doesn't make sense. I, I always remember first few festival shows when the counting to the first song came. And I'm li listening through to the monitor, and I'm scared shitless. <laughs> <laughs> this is not what I'm used to. Yeah. Uh, some of them have been recorded, and we played okay, I would say. Mm. I mean, at least by our standards then. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's a bit jarring. Yeah. And yeah, you can lose even the drums, mm. which is, is kind of hard to believe. And I don't think Nico is a super hard hitter. I think he... Uh, and that's another thing that's been doing the rounds on the web, and that is what's happening with Nico. And... I think it. Yeah. I think it was very obvious that he was. Well, either he's in pain or there's something going on with his right hand was not wasn't wasn't really there. I mean, he was just doing ding 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 ding. He was there was no crashing and no fills or anything like that. Have you followed um, or like checked out any of the live shots um, on the internet since seeing the show? to kind of compare and see if he is doing better? Because I'd like to imagine he's doing better. Yeah, I'd be, well, that's the, the good thing about seeing the first so show and then a few weeks later oh, yeah. seeing Krakow because they were better. I mean, everything was, the playing was better, they were more confident, and Nico was, he was better, but there were still these, I'm not going to say shortcuts, but he sort of like simplified stuff, and he didn't, yep. and he, do, he do, doesn't really do the fills he usually does. And... But he's been a pro for 50 years, right? Yeah. And it's kind of professional to simplify rather than wreck the train. I think that is a point that I've never heard, not heard people make when they're discussing this, that he's actually making it playable for him. Yeah. And I think that's a very good thing. It's a professional thing, as you say, and yep. they can still do the song. And then, of course, nerds like me are going to be missing the particular fills or... The stuff in the bit in Kotsover in Time where he's usually going it's just continuously it's almost like I'm in the studio with a drummer session drummer for my project. Yeah. And he has forgotten that it's supposed to be a snare roll and just keeps playing. It's like, yeah, you played well, but it was supposed to be, you know. And yeah, we talked about that before because the first gig I saw Tampere, the first thing I said afterwards was there was a lot of fuck ups this time. 
and I wasn't disappointed. I wouldn't say I was a bit worried though. Yeah, I felt a bit worried. And the the, the crowd in Finland are so respectful of personal space, and I had the first to the barrier deal. Mm. So I was right up front center, mm. which was weird. Mm. It's like you're in an office, you can see your colleagues' mood in their faces. Yeah. But it's Iron Maiden. Yeah. I don't want to experience that again. <laughs> I'm glad I did. Yeah. But I don't I don't. It's, it was too close, too real. Mm. Like Steve looked very angry the whole set. Okay. Uh, not pleasant to see. He looked happier in Krakow, but I was also much further from his face in Krakow. Mm. But the the difference was big and I contacted you and Matthias. Um, well, no, it sounds like it was an emergency <laughs> emergency line. Yeah. Uh, it's just in the group chat. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I kind of wanted to see your your impressions because I was worried. Maybe I just, you know, my expectations were blown up the roof and mm. maybe they were good. But I couldn't, like, honestly say that it was a good gig throughout. So it was kind of comforting to hear, to hear that you also heard some... Uh, well, similar issues. Yeah. Is this Krakow you're talking about now, or is this? This is Tampere. Tampere. Okay. This mm-hmm. is Tampere. Yeah. yeah. Because the difference was very big. Yeah. Uh, uh, Krakow was basically. I mean, that could also be me just being a little bit more eased into it. I know the set already. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a reference. Mm. So maybe it wasn't that much better. But to me, it felt like night and day better. Uh, how how was it for you? Yeah, it was a, it was a very big difference. And as I said, they felt a lot more confident and even more relaxed, I would say. And yeah. there weren't, I don't, I don't think there were any sort of like obvious cock-ups. No, no. Uh, other than that snare thing, one thing that I don't get is when he hits into the first distorted bit of Alexander, mm. why is he on the closed hi-hat at the first hit? It, it sounds wrong to me. Maybe it is like that on the CD or on the LP, but then it's mixed, you know, and yeah. you can see to it in the mixing that it's going to be a... But, I mean, put a crash on the first hit. Yeah, ne- or never at least an open hi-hat. Yeah, never I, I don't get it. Yeah. It sounds very bad to me. Mm. But that's minor stuff uh, in a gig that was really good throughout, I think. Yeah. Krakow. I, I was very happy after Krakow. Yeah. Like, uh, had this upbeat vibe all the way back home mm. and all the way back to playing guitar myself and feeling reassured <laughs> that Old Maiden is still Maiden. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, do you think I overreacted? Did I overdramatize it, or was there such a difference? I, I can't speak for the. You can say that the temperature was Ljubljana. Yeah. I think Ljubljana was probably worse, but let, let, for ease. I just, don't know. Uh, you know. I, yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to to say there's a difference because there's always a difference in my antip- expectations when it comes to having experienced the first sort of like very iffy aspects of the Ljubljana gig. But then mm-hmm. it there was there were parts of it that were just. I mean, I couldn't really take it in uh, rationally. And the thing is, I've mm-hmm. never been the biggest fan of Somewhere in Time. It was the first album that I was, was sort of like waiting for it to be released by Maiden. Oh, and yeah, I yeah. got it. I think you mentioned this way yeah. back. Yeah. I got it and I listened to it and I thought, well, this is Maiden and this is good. But it didn't really, it didn't really match up with Power Slave or Peace of Mind to me. And... It's never really done that. And I was never a huge mm-hmm. fan of Alexander the Great. But the thing is, when they played these songs from that album that I hadn't heard live before, it was just... It all, everything came back to me. It was a wave of nostalgia and a bit of melancholy as well, uh, connecting mm-hmm. to this Iron Maiden that apparently means a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but it does. In the end, it does. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing, I guess. doesn't have to. No, exactly. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd still appreciate... Uh, 
you as much as before if it didn't, but it doesn't surprise me that it does. No, because, that it's just you know, so it's weird. beyond rationality, I guess, yeah. at this point. My name is Eric, and with me at this very, very special uh, bonus app is Mr. Fergal Trainer. Hello, nice to be back. So we're uh, we're about a week into the t- actually exactly a week into the tour as we record this. Mm. Uh, so have you seen? I mean, I'm assuming you've seen quite a bit of the clips online at this point. Yeah, I mean, I was watching the set list as it unfolded on Twitter. Um, yeah, you know, each new song, etc. You know, getting. Very excited, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and no, I watched a few clips. I've tried not to watch too much, but I have watched. I've watched clips of about six or seven mm-hmm. songs, I'd say. Um, you know, like Death of the Celts, Hell on Earth, Alexander the Great, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Caught somewhere in time. I've watched that about four or five times. I think it's just unbelievable, like astoundingly good <laughs> for them to whip that out after so long, and, and such a difficult song to sing. So yeah, I've, I've dabbled in the clips. I haven't watched a full show or even a full song. Actually, I wouldn't say I've watched, but I've dabbled in the clips. No, so are you because uh, um, as I think I discussed on the on air before, uh, my mom was coming in to Dublin to uh, see him. Uh, mm. Is that the first time you're going to see him this tour as well? It is, yeah. It's the first time. I did look briefly at trying to get to the first show over in uh, Slovenia, but yeah. the prices for flights were absolutely outrageous. I was supposed to be going to Manorfest that weekend anyway, which was cancelled, which I've documented on my podcast. But um, as a kind of a, you know, all right, well, we can't do this. Me and my friend Kevin, uh, we were like, we can't do that. Let's try and have a look at this. But the flights to Slovenia were like five, six hundred quid. So I was like, absolutely no yeah, way am I doing that. that. But nice, I, yeah. I noticed a friend of mine, Fart, who I had on the podcast as well. That's not his actual name. His name is Martin. But uh, everyone knows him as Fart. Uh, has, he's gone to 10 shows um, on this leg. He's right in the middle of it at the moment. But he flew into Croatia instead of Slovenia. So maybe I should have looked at better options. But I wasn't really, you know, I didn't really know exactly the layout, lay of the land or anything. I was just kind of glancing yeah. at prices of flights. So yes, it is very long answer. Yes, it is my first show on the tour. Um, so yeah, I'm just I was looking forward to it probably as much as you are. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the only thing for me was like I was like pretty sure there was almost no way to avoid spoilers. Mm. Um, just especially because both you and I probably have uh, follow a lot of the same people and just follow a lot of accounts that probably inevitably would be sharing stuff. I would have these. to avoid so many things on the internet so many friends so many yeah. chat groups that it would it would just be impossible like if i was going to one of the early shows on the tour i know jonathan is off to finland or he's he was in finland there yeah, yeah. is he still in finland actually i'm not sure all right okay um i know he managed to avoid the spoilers fair play to him but he was going to a show very early on in the tour if i had been going to something so early i would have definitely avoided them but seeing as i had to wait a month in order like until i saw them um, there's no way, absolutely no way. Like no, I mean, it, impossible. And I, I'm, I, you know, it's, I'm glad I'm, just for his sake that he was able to uh, get unspoiled until I actually saw it live. Mm. But now I think about it, as fairly well documented on this podcast, you know, he's pretty good at just sort of going off the grid. <laughs> <laughs> he's no better man. Yeah. He could probably avoid them without trying. He's, he's like, <laughs> I've been preparing for this my whole life. <laughs> he's well trained. Uh, I, I, have, a, I have another group of friends. Uh, and they are trying to avoid spoilers. So I'm in a chat group with them on Facebook Messenger, and yeah. um, they were like talking about, uh, oh, you know, um, I don't want to see the plot of a movie before I go to watch it in the cinema. And I was like, it's a little bit different, I think, than that. Um, like, I wasn't spoiling anything on them, obviously, but I was saying, like, 
listening to songs you've already heard and you already know is a bit different to watching the plot of a film unfold. Um, but they were like, mm. oh, no, because deep cuts, you know, that you're not expecting, uh, they can kind of have the same effect. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah. I Like, I understand people's motivations to do it, but, like, there's no way, absolutely no way I could do it. It would be impossible. Uh, no, it's, I, mean, it's, I mean, especially this, I mean, uh, the Legacy, the, fir- the first run of Legacy Tour 2018, I was able to go unspoiled there, but I was I was I was seeing them like the second date, I think maybe. Yeah, and that, that was pre- that predates all this podcast stuff, so I didn't really have the same network, network going. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and like, that was fun to see stuff that I didn't know was coming. Yeah, that was, that was kind of fun actually. And I was saying to the lads, like, look, a lot of my friendships are actually based on Iron Maiden, um, so yeah. it's 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 it would be you'd have to ignore everyone for so long, or else you'd be like kind of giving disclaimers to everyone, please don't talk about this, blah, blah, blah. And like, I mean, the day after the first gig in Slovenia, there was WhatsApp groups I'm in, people posting up videos. Like, there was just, and like, you know what? Like, I always find it's kind of part of the excitement as well, knowing the, the songs. Obviously, yeah. in a perfect world, it would be brilliant to go and be completely surprised. But I think on the other side of the coin, knowing the songs can hype you up about going to see the band and you can focus on those songs and listen to them. What do you think about the set list? You had it revealed just like me in real time. And you said something now that I had in mind, uh, which was maybe was a bit much for me because I was processing the playing, I was processing the crowd, mm. I was processing their faces, <laughs> and I was processing a set list yeah. that came to me in real time, which I made a big effort for it to be that way. Mm. But it was a lot of info at the same time. Um, how did you, like, did you have a any ups and downs like oh yeah the prisoner or oh, i mean no, we knew we knew <laughs> that we were about to expect somewhere in time stuff and yeah and i i picked those five songs if you go back and listen to the man predictions yeah that was the five i picked uh, them mm. they seemed to make I, sense i was never going to so. be sure how or what the, they would go about it it was really weird but at the same time fantastic to open with the two somewhere in time tunes I felt it was cool that Stranger came there. Yeah. That was a big surprise to me. And I said that before, I think, on the pod anyway, that the sequence, uh, as in the order of the tunes, is also something I, I like as a surprise or as a reveal yeah. in real time. Because I knew they'd play Stranger, and I was pretty sure they would play Caught Summer in Time, but I wouldn't have put Stranger on the uh, second spot. No, no, no. I, no, I would have thought, thought it was quite cool. It, it, it worked, worked well. really well, I think. Yeah. Way better played than in 99, or what would you say? Maybe you disagree with they me. They kept the tempo down, which I think is good, because that's a song that used yeah. to be rushed in the 80s. And and I don't, I don't remember in 99. They only played it a few couple of gigs. So, But I'm glad that they did the ending of the 99 version rather than the 86, 87 version. So, oh, they have a different um, tale. Since yeah. it's fa- it fades out on the album. Yeah, exactly. And that's a lot better than just going in I was saying to Andrew De Bruyne there the other day, like Somewhere in Time is a fantastic album, but it's one that I don't listen to that much. And it was one I never owned for a long time. I only actually bought the, my first ever physical copy of it about two years ago on vinyl. I never owned it. Oh, yeah. My friend Kevin had it. But like back in those days, we would buy various different albums and just file share with each other on MP3 players. So I technically did have it, you know, on my iPod or Creative Zen at the time. But um, 
I never bought it. Oh, that, that takes me back. Creative Zen. <laughs> Creative Zen. <laughs> they were great. Yeah. They're fantastic. Um, so I didn't actually own it for a very, very long time. And uh, as kind of as a result of that, like it's not one that I go to, but I would go to like Peace of Mind, Paris, Slave, Number of the Beast, mm-hmm. Seventh Son, a lot more. And that's not to say it's not as good as those, because me and Andrew were just saying like it is as good as those. It's just one that I, I wouldn't say overlook, but I, I skip. And it's not even through any deliberate reason. It's just, it's something, it's, it's like, it's a, it's an album in a catalogue of 17 albums and I don't listen to it as much as the others, basically. And when I do listen to it, I think it's fantastic. So yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of knowing that they're going to play Caught Somewhere in Time and they're going to play Alexander the Great and they're going to play Stranger in a Strange Land, it's good for me because I can go and avidly listen to those songs now for yeah, a few yeah, weeks yeah, so- and really, really get to know them. Uh, more so than I would have done had I not known that they were going to be playing those songs. For, for me, it's like, it, there, yeah, there's no way to sort of avoid this. I figured I want to lean into it. That's why I sort of did a thing where I was, I was at a pub, I was following along live. It was, it was, it was, it was fun. I was um, sitting here in Elaine's house, and um, I was like, "Oh, they played Alexander the Great," and she was like, "Yeah, <laughs> did they, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she's going. Yeah, anyway, I, mean, so. I think I think Camille. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, Camilla got the drunk version of that when I came home and explained to the set last time. <laughs> I know. I remember, um, like a year ago when they were doing the new leg of the Legacy of the Beast tour. Uh, I was yeah. again. I was on Spotify or sorry, Spotify. Jesus, I was on Setlist.fm, um, looking at the, mm. at the set or Twitter or something. But no, I think I was on Setlist.fm and I was looking at the set as it came in, and somebody put up Alexander the Great trolling, and yeah. Yeah, I was going, yeah, I went yeah. mental bananas. I was like, I knew it. I knew they were going to play it. And then a few minutes later, it was changed to whatever. But I noticed people were doing that again. This time, there were set lists there with like Angel and the Gambler in them as the Weekend opening Warrior. song, and Weekend Warrior. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. Carry on. Imagine they did that. I know. Imagine the confusion for the first, like, what would have felt like 100 minutes for the first song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'll never be played, thankfully. No, probably not. Do you know, that would be. The type of song I would actually love to hear an Iron Maiden tribute band play, uh, just for the laugh, you know, just for something completely left I think, field. I think, yeah. I mean, I've seen. I mean, I've I've, I've seen the clips of Blaze doing it with a solo band, and that does. Almost, Weekend Warrior. No, Weekend Warrior. Um, uh, Alex, uh, uh, Angel, Angel again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, same. I've seen Blaze do it. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, Weekend Warrior. I think is one of those ones that is. Um. um we were discussing uh, uh, just uh, uh, like uh, half an hour ago, like. Uh, on the on the phone, like there's a lot of emojis that there's some emojis that are actually are sort of standard rotation most people, and there's a few that will never be used because they serve no purpose, like a like a really weird instrument or like just an awkward mustache smiley, and like mm. Weekend Warrior is like an, an, an awkward emoji no one will ever ever use. <laughs> and if they do, it's by accident. <laughs> gonna do on Monday So I think the best way to do it, let's just go through the Top to bottom, the set list and just uh, our reactions to it, um, mm. is, I think, is the way of going about it. Yeah. Um. So obviously, Doctor Doctor, that um, 
Carol Chestnut. Of course, that's going to be there. Let's just talk about that for a second. You know how long they've been doing that? I don't, actually. I don't know when they brought that in. That would be a Nesbitt question. Um, But I just wanted to say that I've been to 14 Iron Maiden gigs and never have I not that's a double negative sorry every single time I would get goosebumps when that comes on and I mean legitimate goosebumps not like yeah, some kind yeah. of cliche of like oh give me goosebumps but when that comes on it's it's on and every single time even if you see them multiple times on the same tour it's it's an excitement a level of excitement like no other I don't think I don't think I have anything else in my life that makes me as excited as when I hear Dr. Doctor starting at an Iron Maiden concert <laughs> really gets gets stuff going like it's on as you said and it, it's just weird because like it's it's uh, I imagine especially for like people who were there for the first time who don't know that's coming and that must seem just like another like why are people getting so fucking excited about this and, like, well, I, 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 have a, I have a story about that actually I'm actually wearing my Iron Maiden give me Ed till I'm dead t-shirt that's oh, there you go. 20 years old now but um, that was the first tour I went to in 2003 and I remember standing there at download in Donington and this song coming on and I, and I didn't know it and there was this old geezer he's probably in his 50s and he was nodding along and singing along and I was like this is odd and everyone was getting really kind of buzzed and I was looking around and there was lots of people singing on singing along sorry and um, I didn't know I didn't understand what it was and neither did my friend Kevin we had no idea about this and then we saw them then later that year on the Dance of Death tour they played in Ireland yeah. six months later and it came on again and I was like Ah, this is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize this. And then I, I think at one point around then I went out and bought the best of UFO um, and got to know the song, obviously. But uh, yeah, I had no idea what that was the first time. It's a fun sort of. Th- I mean, it's. I mean, I guess the only because you know the that is the only I guess consistent intro they have because obviously whatever the other whatever the second thing is is going to change. Yeah. You know, depending on the tour. I guess like the only thing that also like a really good. Uh, Sort of intro thing that uh, I, 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 you've seen Metallica at some point. I, would I have a couple so. of times, yeah. Because they do the Ennio Morricone Ecstasy of Gold, yeah. Uh, before that's also a really cool intro. It is. It's great, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Future Jonathan here. First off, I agree. It is really fucking great. Very moody tune. Um, but I also have to add, Metallica does play. It's a long way to the top by ACDC as a Doctor Doctor for them. That always goes before the intro tape. And the intro tape is almost always, but not always, Ecstasy of Gold. I was 
really excited when I heard the Blade Runner yeah. intro thing now because that's what I was hoping for. Mm. Obviously, right into Caught Somewhere in Time. Yeah, I mean, that song is, again, I say it's on a kind of an overlooked album for me, but it's a powerful, fast-paced kind of, mm-hmm. you know, get get the show going type of song. And it's, I can't believe, I can't believe that we're getting to hear this in 2023. It's it's insane to think, so cool. think that they're playing this. And, like, they really don't have to. That's the thing, like, about, I'll probably say this a number of times throughout the set list. Like, they really do not have to play things like that, you know, caught somewhere in time. They could still sell as many tickets if they if they played The Number of the Beast as the opening song, but, like, they they're, they are doing it. And it just, it really exemplifies how much they actually give a shit about their fans and yeah. the audience, the paying audience, who they know have probably just been to the Legacy of the Beast tour and want to hear something different. And I really respect that, that the fact that they're digging up, like, rare hardly ever played songs like never played again since the tour it it seems a few years ago you never would have predicted this so it's it's brilliant that they're doing it Even the Legacy of the Beast, they had the Clansman and the you know Sign of the Cross in there. It wasn't just mm. you know Best of Iron Maiden side one or whatever. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Yeah. Now, now there has been. I mean, we, we can get into a little bit of the performances. I figured that this one, you know, seconds after some of these songs dropped their clips uh, yeah. online, obviously. Um, now it, it should be said. I think it, the the first gig has been sort of criticized. Been, there was a lot of uh, mistakes. There's mm. a lot of stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, he he messed up. Caught somewhere in time, without a doubt. He was he was out of sync with the the pace of the song and kind of trying to fill yeah. the lines in in the incorrect tempo uh, from one video I watched anyway uh, which is I mean that's completely understandable they haven't played the song since 1987 in front of an audience so that's fair enough you know it doesn't, it doesn't seem like that was that carried through to the next night no the another one because I, I checked out the the one after and that sounded pretty good that sounded yeah good. but apparently there was uh, the uh, the stage sound was horrible so they couldn't really hear them that, Henrik told me I don't I know heard that as well yeah um and also, I mean, obviously, and I think it's so weird because I think people, to a certain extent, because uh, like so, so um, when when the photos from the gig started uh, popping up, every, every you know uh, the various Facebook groups, 
just a couple people like, oh my god, you know, look, you know, Dave Murray looks so old. Like, I mean, he also is old, so isn't he? He's allowed to look as yeah, he's sixty five or thereabouts more. Than so that's, that. that's not really. I mean, that's not ancient, but I think yeah, he's obviously not going to look like he's. He's not going to look like in the album cover. When I know. He was, when he was I think you posted a photo of Steve in his football gear earlier. I said, I don't need to see Steve looking that old. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like when he's playing a, a gig, he has the long, dark hair still, and all of them seem to have kept their hair, which is, is you know, miraculous. But uh, you don't, you can't see his age, but then when you see a photo of him up close in a football jersey and his headband on or whatever, it's like, Jesus, Steve, you're fucking... You know, yeah. but anyway, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they are old, but they they don't act old, and that's that's you know. Although I did notice Bruce doesn't seem to be running around on stage as much on this tour from the videos no. I watched, but um, but even still, they don't act old. They they have their younger heart. What I noticed from uh, this is just a sort of legacy uh, tour from the you know the 2018-2019 round until he started up stuff again. Uh, something that I always thought was really badass, and I understand why he can't do this anymore. He, you know, since he had hip replacement and shit, mm. he used to do this thing where he, you know, jump over the monitors. Yeah, he hasn't done that now in a while. Yeah, no, I think that's probably just because I think he, you know, because he did have to have a hip replacement, so maybe that's sort of Bruce had a hip replacement, did he? Yeah, I had. See, it was, it, maybe not entirely, but he had something. He had something done. I can't remember right. what it was. Okay, and uh, and also that's also even without that, I imagine that is, you know, quite risky yet. His. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, he was doing it well into his fifties. It's probably not advisable. Um, I certainly no, couldn't but, do that. <laughs> no God, no, no. But I mean, me neither. Obviously, but you had like for God's summer time. Uh, Nico is not playing exactly the way he's doing it on the album. Yeah, um, and he's uh, there's been people who are very quick to point that out and mm. take umbrage of that. Um, yeah, a drummer friend of mine contacted me about that. Um, now these are things that I wouldn't notice, in fairness. So. I hadn't picked up on it at all, but what did he say here, actually? Uh, he say, yeah, Nico's really struggling with cuts somewhere in time. The bass drum pattern isn't there, and he's playing straight through with little fills. It still works, though, and sounds great. Um, but yeah, he, he called that out. I think, though, because, I mean, even uh, apparently even back on the you know, 87 tour, this one was a fucking chore to play. Um mm. And, you know, he's quite a bit older, so I understand why he's he maybe has Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I saw a clip um, that was, uh, I think his wife had uh, filmed right before the first show. Yeah. Where he even, where he even mentioned that, uh, you, know, he, he, you know, he was a bit, he's a bit more nervous about this one than he usually is. And I understand that it's, it's, it's not an easy set. I think this is a way more challenging than usually. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I'm 37. I have a dodgy knee, dodgy back, dodgy everything, and... Uh, I can't imagine what it must be like to be a a, a world weary, you know, traveling musician at seventy one trying to play God somewhere in time. No, it's it's, <laughs> it uh, must it's be a, quite different. It sounded like also because uh, there's uh, so that the second gig he did some things didn't prove with that in that. Yeah, I think he was playing it a bit safe, and also, but that's also. I, I don't see anything wrong with that, frankly. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's he's not going to be able to do it like he did on the album at this point to me to my ears the song didn't suffer for it i thought it sounded no, great no. so um even with the kind of dodgy lyrical kind of timing um it still sounded fantastic so and that's obviously been ironed out now so i saw that uh for the the first of the finland gigs uh i think i think jonathan did comment on when i saw, he was uh he was on uh the swedish iron maiden podcast made in Podden did do a, a brief sort of uh mm live instagram live thing and they they he did mention that that he thought there was there's quite a few 
mistakes there as well. So there probably is, but they also they're they're, they're still sort of figuring out. I guess. Well, look, it's pretty look, here's the thing, right? You know, Iron Maiden are still going out and they're trying to play the song exactly like it is on the album. They're not doing a Bob Dylan or anything like that. You know, where no. you know you've been listening to a song for five minutes and you realize it's a simple twist of fate. Uh, because you hear a, an errant <laughs> lyric, "Simple is the fee." So, I mean, I respect them that they keep it pretty much exactly like what it is on the album. So, yeah, uh, if there's a couple of mistakes or things are a bit tricky, that's fine. They're ancient, yeah, I'm, they're I'm old. Cool you know, they still do a really good job of it. The next song, "Strange on the Strange Land." Yeah, I mean, I think we all knew this was coming. It was on all the promotional material. It was on the videos, yeah. etc. Um, I think. The reason they stopped playing this is because Adrian Smith related it to his father, and his father died when they were on the um, the ninety nine tour, whatever that was called, Ed, uh, Ed Hunter, Ed Hunt tour. Uh, yeah, and he personally couldn't play it for those reasons, but obviously that's okay now for him. Um, yeah. It's actually quite strange that they have never put that back in the set in the twenty four years since then, seeing as it was a single, it has iconic mm. artwork. But it's great to hear it, and I'm delighted that they've included it. Um, it uh, also tempo-wise, I got to imagine set a good sort of. I mean, if especially after a song like "Somewhere in Time," it's not that fast. It sort of has a very. Don't really have too many songs of that tempo, and I think the opening riff sounds unlike anything else they've ever written. Just completely yeah. different. It doesn't even really sound like Iron Maiden. I can't really tell you what it sounds like, but it's 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 unique in their discography. I'd say. Yeah. I mean, I so I think we like I said we all knew it was coming. Uh, I don't necessarily know that I thought it was going to be the second song. No, I I was in two minds about what I thought. Um, part of me was thinking that they were going to do five and five, yeah, five and two five stranger or five somewhere in time. Um, another part of me was like, well, it's probably not a good idea to do that because some people who don't know the Sanjutsu songs will be getting quite bored. Mm. Um, but what they did and we'll get through it obviously is i think it's a good approach that i've decided to go about it but yeah stranger second song it's like a it's like a sleeper classic if such a thing exists yeah um it is a classic but it's not really you know doesn't get brought up as much it doesn't get played as much obviously um so yeah it's a, it's a sleeper classic The way I understood it was that um, Stranger and Adrian, he has the solo right. It's very important. I don't think any of the others would even attempt doing that one, to be honest. Uh, so they scrapped the tune when he had to go to his dad's funeral. And then when he came back, I think he missed three shows or something like that. When he came back, uh, it was already replaced and they didn't bring it back in. And that might have had other reasons too. 
besides them not having played it for three shows. Uh, like the fact that maybe the groove wasn't right or anything really. But uh, that's how I understood it. Uh, but I mean, it could be tied to Adrian's dad as a song too. I had a, a big disappointment in Bruce's stage clothes because he is a fit old man. He could have easily rocked the original outfit and they could have put a very effective LED light in there and redo because that's my favorite uh, frontman gear. Well, maybe not necessarily the crocodile pants or <laughs> pantsuit, yeah, but definitely that jacket is really cool. I now went and saw it in London when I was 13 in a museum. Mm. So they should have made a replica of that, I think. Uh, he had this crazy cat lady look. Yeah, instead. it was really interesting that at the same time, I think it was just a matter of let's not get all the, get all carried away with all the costume changes that he's he's done lately. So yeah, they, that they seemed to be drawn back a bit, yeah. which makes sense. Mm. On the other hand, I think that a, a surprise to me was I mean I, I I'd never given a thought about what other songs will they be playing apart from Senyutsu stuff and Somewhere in Time stuff. And when the prisoner turned up, I, I that caught me totally off guard, and also same. also cannot play with madness. I wasn't expecting it at all. Same, same. Biggest surprises uh, would be those, I guess. Yeah. You know, uh, as far as Senjutsu goes, well, I had a, a hunch it would be about those songs, kind of. I didn't know. have a clue about the Senjutsu stuff, and I'm not going to talk about it because it, I don't, I haven't listened to it. So uh, you're still not into it, basically. No, exactly. Well, I. Yeah. I Writing on the wall has sort of I've I've warmed up to it and I think it works mm -hmm. really well as a song. It has that kind. I think it's of, a cool song. Yeah, it's it, a cool song. I is. think they 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 have built well. It sounds maybe a bit too grandiose now, but a platform uh, for a sound of this very old maiden. Yeah, so the song seems to be fitting for for their age somehow. I think it works. It's a good song. Yeah, it is.
Now from there we go writing in the wall. I think also we kind of knew it was probably going to be on there. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's kind of like a modern classic now. It's uh, mm. it's nearly two years old. Um, so weird. We've it's seen two years it. Old. I know, yeah, I remember. It is. It's almost two years now since the day it was released, the 15th of July, 2021. Yeah, uh, yeah. It'd be like 23 months ago. Um, but I remember the day I, I went and met a friend, Peter, um, the day that was released. He liked Iron Maiden when he was younger. He's a few years older than me. He might be in his mid-40s and a... Uh, I became friends with him through sitting beside him in work and um, we bonded over music and one of them was Iron Maiden, one of the mm. artists. And uh, I basically convinced him to go and see Iron Maiden. Uh, he'd never seen them. He liked them in the 90s, gave up after no prayer. And I was like, you have to go and see them. You have to. Yeah. And um, He decided to and he went to Belfast uh, last year, is it? Yeah, it is last year. And he had a great time, etc. But um, But I remember we were going to meet for pints and it was the day that the writing on the ball was released. So we didn't know what it was going to be. It was the whole Belshazzar's feast thing. And mm. uh, we were sitting in the pub outside in the beer garden. It was a really sunny day. And uh, we both had our headphones on just listening to this and watching this video. And it was just, I, I still love that song. Like it's, it's brilliant. It hasn't faded over time at all for me. I loved it straight away. And uh, I think it's still, it, it deserves its place in the set list. It's, it's one of their more recent songs that is, um, like, if they had another 10 years left, you could imagine that still being there in 10 years' time. Oh, yeah. I think I think definitely. I think that one is going to pop up uh, fairly regularly up until the end, whenever that will be. Yeah, and I think it's brilliant. It, it deserves it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, yeah. It, it, also, if you listen to the... Um, there's, 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 well, there's another song on the set that had a similar reaction, but I figured when I, heard the, when I heard the response, when they did start playing, you know, you hear the opening chords, people were excited, more so than they usually are for a new song. Mm. But like, I, I think that song is like a celebration. It, it's more than just a song. It's it's the first Iron Maiden song, new song that we got in six years. That's one thing. Secondly, it's the post-COVID kind of song. Uh, I mean, even yeah. though it was still in COVID, but, you know, yeah, yeah. we were coming out of it. Um, it's something that probably got more attention than it would have done had we not have had a pandemic. Um, and it's like it's all of those things combined. So to me, it's kind of like just a celebratory song uh, of a time when the world was fucked up and we're not anymore now. But it was those little highlights throughout the COVID pandemic that brought everybody together and certainly brought like the likes of us and, and people who do podcasts yeah, yeah. And, and people on Twitter and stuff together. And um, to me, it's, 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 it's a special song that really kind of um, it's it just kind of puts a stamp on that time period of my life and i hope they always include it in their shows from now on just the rollout was something unique for mm. them um and the fun we sort of as sort of podcast and sort of also sort of extended sort of podcast sort of family sort of had around playing around with that speculating oh i nearly went to see a folk duo called belshazzar's beast <laughs> who were right, playing yeah. a gig in fucking england <laughs> because i assumed the whole thing was a setup <laughs> That's great. Oh yeah, what a what a magical weird time. That's also that's a that's a, that is a very special song. Not, not just because it's a great song, but just sort of like all that around it. Mm. Yeah. I just wrote, hey, who or what is this? I just, I just wrote, I, I didn't know what I was going to say, so I got you. I got you. You have knocked, and we have been summoned. You hunger, and soon you will feast. Ascension assured to the patient. Be you man or be you beast. We of the Brotherhood are watching. On our marks, you'll need to get set. The fire of Belhazar is coming. 
What three what three words will signal but not yet? Wow. So that's what I got there. And if you look at the first letters of the words of the last four sentences on that, it says W O T W. Yep. I feel like so, yeah. I don't miss that. <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's deep. This is CSI level shit. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no yeah. way this is for a fucking video game. Hey, what's Sorry, it? I don't know if you can swear on this. There's no way. You can swear as much as you want. Go fucking nuts, man. I <laughs> This could make a Wikipedia page the size of the <laughs> yep. Somewhere in Time yeah. album cover. Yeah. Already. Like all of the clues that they that, put out. Actually, I think I, I really like this. This is I'm wonderful. Also, I mean, this, this is to no percentage annoying to me. No, <laughs> pure joy. <laughs> pure joy. I could see how it could be, you know, for for anyone else. I went a bit crazy and started going into complete conspiracy theory mode. So <laughs> there's an alleged British folk folk duo. Sorry, British folk duo called Belshazzar's Feast. Yeah, and, I saw uh, that. But they have a website, and if you look at it, it looks really crap. It looks like it was set up like. Firstly, it looks like it was set up in 2021. And secondly, it looks like it was just thrown together recently. Uh, and if you look at one of their albums in their partial discography on Wikipedia, none of which are hyperlinked, by the way. By the way, So none of the albums have their own page on Wikipedia. Their 2014 release was called The Whitings on the Wall. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. Now, if you go into that further, uh, let me just see. So... Um, so lots of the things that were referenced on the Wikipedia page are dead links, which again leads me to believe like that this was just thrown together maybe a couple of years ago when they started planning all this, or maybe I'm just as somebody said on on Facebook we're all, or Twitter we're all becoming Fox Mulder. But um, so one of the uh, one of the links on the Wikipedia page is to a thing called Steve's Dance List, and I was like trying to maybe Steve Harris Dance of Death. I don't know, maybe that's too much, but uh, it leads you to a page where they review the albums or they, they list the discography of the albums. And again, the albums, you can't find any individual pages dedicated to them on the internet or on Wikipedia or anything. You can just find this no. terrible website. Uh, and their album, Belshazzar's Feast, released in, released in 2001, has a song on it called Maiden Lane. Oh, well. Is, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the record company that these albums were all allegedly... Yeah, I saw that. Allegedly released on is called Wild Goose because they're leading us on a wild yeah, goose chase. Yeah, the Golden Goose. That's title. No, title rig. Yeah. You know, that's it. Yeah. And then there's another song written by somebody called P. Dickinson, which is obviously Bruce Dickinson's real first name oh, yeah. is Paul. Um, wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, and everything that they're linking to is like everything seems fake. If you go to their, if you go to a Wikipedia page, I mean, I'm at it now, and you like you check the yeah. the source material, like everything seems. <laughs> Oh god. It does seem fake, but then they do <laughs> seem like a real duo. So you can go on Discogs and you can buy their albums. So I was wondering, did Iron Maiden find this extremely obscure folk duo and say, Look, we want to play around a bit here. Let's throw in a few references to a couple of things and uh because you, you, you can buy tickets or, or to, that did group, like, to, to that duo, Belshazzar's Feast. You can buy tickets. I nearly bought one thinking like maybe this is gonna be a secret gig. Uh. Uh, like that'd be cool. <laughs> that, that, that wouldn't be. That wouldn't be. The, that oh, wouldn't be the stupidest Lord. idea anyone had ever had. Like, uh -huh. I, I reckon. I reckon that's worth taking a punt on. Yeah. No, they're real. Yeah, they're real yeah. band. Well, they're fourteen pounds, and they're playing in some kind of community hall. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, uh, somewhere in England, anyway. I, but, I uh, would. I didn't bother. I'd actually show up to that gig just to see. Yeah. yeah that that could be the old time stealth gig. Uh. I just found one of their songs on YouTube. Their songs are shit as well. That's what. That's another thing that made me think that this is all fake. Like their songs are horrendous. I don't know how a band. Could okay. Yeah. I mean, you want to play for that I, long? I, I, yeah. 
I mean, I mean, uh, all right, yeah, here we go. Yeah, uh, I just listened to a bit of it and it did not make me feel. Uh, uh, I mean, the, the, the little bit I heard, I felt it did not behoove me to listen further. Uh-huh. But here we go. This is called One Cold Morning in December. Walter Pardon. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> One cold morning in December, I've reason to remember, I fell in love with such a charming girl. Her eyes were dark and tender, her form was long and slender. Bashful and shy. She really was a beauty. I thought it was my duty. So I paid and never asked the reason why. Maiden A to Z, innit? <laughs> <laughs>